according to medical science, water accounts for about 60 to 80 percent of human body weight. Is that right, Sister, Sister Richmond? And it's the most single abundant chemical substance in the body. So if water now is upwards of 80% of the human body, then water is absolutely essential for human existence. Would you agree? As a matter of fact, water is one of the three essential elements of the physical world. The other two are air and earth. Water is the very first element that was mentioned in Genesis 1. Water has power. You see how it just can just move down a, a mountain and just take everything with it. Water has mass. But it also has the intrinsic power to hydrate. Young lady wanted to take my blood and she says you're dehydrated. So she gave me some water so she could take my blood. So the human body cannot go very long without water. Without water, a human body will dry up and die. So water is absolutely necessary for human life. You agree? Now, because water is so essential to human life, I believe that in John 4, 7, that is why Jesus used water as a metaphor for life. Go to John 4, 7. John 4, 7. He uses it as a metaphor to describe the gift of God. He described the gift of God to the Samaritan woman at Jacob's well. Verse 7 says, And there cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus, Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, asket ask, ask, drink of me? Which am I, a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Is that what it says? The woman said unto her, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence thou then hast thou this living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall never thirst. But whoso drinketh of the water that I shall give, excuse me, whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him, in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. So in this passage now, Jesus tells us that the gift of God is like living water. And just as the things of God are direct opposite of the things of this world, so is living water the opposite, direct opposite of dead water. There's living water and there's dead water. Is there such thing as dead water? Yes. 
Dead water is stagnant and lifeless. Dead water is inactive. Dead water is contaminated and filled with deadly bacteria. And if you drink dead water, it might make you very sick or even kill you. And the inhabitants of Haiti right now are dying by the hundreds. Why? Because all of their water sources are contaminated with dead water. But you know what? This world is a cesspool of dead water. A cesspool is a container that holds wastewater from kitchen sinks, garbage disposals, bathroom sinks, and toilets. Would you drink, would you drink a, a, a water from a cesspool? Would you drink your kitchen water after you let it out? And like a cesspool, this world is godless. This world is a filthy container of dead water. The, this world is contaminated and so human souls are drowning in the sewage of dead water. Mm. Now, Jesus told the woman, if thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked him and he would have given thee living water. In other words, Jesus says, if you knew that I am the gift of God, you would ask me for living water and I would give it to you. Now, the woman in this story is also a metaphor. She represents those who lack the ability to understand spiritual things. She's like many souls who are sin sick from drinking all that dead water. And in her ignorance, she has the audacity to be confrontational. She asks Jesus, how are you going to give me this living water? How are you going to get it out of the well? Jacob, the son of Isaac and grandson of Abraham, gave us this water, gave us this well. Are you better than he? Well, likewise, so many people don't know who Jesus is and what he came to give the world. And when you try to tell them about the things of God, like the woman, they become confrontational. It don't take all that. I've been in church all my life and I don't I, I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart and I'm saved. Are you sure you're saved? Yes, I'm saved. Were you baptized in the name of Jesus? No, I didn't have to be baptized in the name of Jesus to be saved. Did you receive the indwelling of the Holy Ghost? You don't have to have the Holy Ghost to be saved. So they lack spiritual understanding. They can only see things through the eyes of this material world. Therefore, their expectations are for material things. And they cannot understand that the material things of this world are temporal and will inevitably pass away. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. That's 2 Corinthians 4.18. So Jesus says, whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. This water in the well. He says this because the material things of this world are temporal and they will not and cannot last. For just as physical water cannot permanently satisfy the thirst of the flesh, the material things of this world cannot permanently satisfy a thirsty soul. As a matter of fact, the desires of the flesh are insatiable. The flesh cannot be satisfied. Jesus says, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. And those, see, hear those songs. We thirst for you. 
We thirst. Have you heard the songs? We thirst for you. Well, Jesus says, if you drink the water that I give you, you'll never thirst. So they haven't drank any of his water, have they? But he says, he says, whosoever drinketh of this water I shall give him shall never thirst. Never is a powerful word because it means never again, not ever again. So this living water is eternal. In the Greek, living in this context is zao, Z-A-O, Z-A-O. That which has vital power in itself, zao, Z-A-O, that which has vital power in itself and it can exert that same power on a soul. Zao, that which has vital power in itself, and it can exert that same power on a soul. So the living water that Jesus is talking about is a vital power. And when something is vital, it is extremely important and necessary. When something is vital, it is required for the continuation of life. When something is vital, it is lively and vigorous. And this vital power, this living water, has the ability to endue its vital quality of power to the soul. Now, the English definition for endue, E-N-D-U-E-U, E-N-D-U-E, is to give a particular quality. E-N-D-U-E is to give a particular quality, to give a particular quality, which is exactly what living water does. Living water gives a particular quality of life to the soul. Living water exerts and infuses dead life into a dead soul. Living water exerts and infuses, meaning going into the dead soul. According to Luke 24, 49, According to Luke 24, 49, the last thing Jesus told the disciples before he ascended was, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem. How long, Jesus? Until ye be endued with power from on high. That's Luke 24, 40, 49. So Jesus was telling them then, that he would fulfill his promises, that he would not leave them comfortless, that he would manifest himself to them and that they would be endued with power from on high. Now, the Greek definition of endue is slightly different from the English. In this context, endue in the, in the Greek is E-N-D-U-O, E-N-D-U-O, E-N-D-U-O. This is a compound. It's a compound word. Two separate words put together to make one word. The compound, the first word is en. En, referring to things that are conceived as being and or remaining in place. En, referring to things that are conceived as being or remaining in place. And then there's duo, d-u-o, d-u-o. It means to go into to sink into, and get this, to be immersed. Duo, D-U-O, to go into, to sink into, or be immersed. So Jesus was saying that very soon their souls would sink in and be immersed in a place of which they would remain. 
Jesus told them very soon their souls would sink into and be immersed in a place of which they would remain. Now, it's interesting to note that both the English and Greek definitions of indu apply to Jesus' promise of power. In, in the English definition, the Holy Ghost would exert and infuse living water of life into dead souls. In the English definition, the Holy Ghost would exert and infuse the living water of life into their dead souls. In John 14, 17, John 14, 17, John 14, 17, Jesus says, even the spirit of truth, which the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him for he dwelleth with you. And here it comes and shall be in you. So that's the that's the first in do. That's the first in do. That's the infusement of the power of God and the power of the Holy Ghost. In other words, the Holy Ghost would infuse and fill dead souls with living waters. This is making sense to you. Now, in the Greek definition, the Holy Ghost would immerse dead souls into living water. And this is consistent with John the Baptist's prophecy of Jesus. Matthew 3.11. Matthew 3.11. He said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he, speaking of Jesus, that cometh after me, he is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. Listen, 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 listen. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with... That's why you got to be baptized in Jesus' name because he's the one that baptizes you in the Holy Ghost. And we know that baptizes to do what? To immerse. So according to the promise, the Holy Ghost would immerse, Holy Ghost would immerse dead souls into the living water of life. So here's the thing. When you're endued, you got living water in you and you've been immersed in living water. Jesus said in John 14, 20, John 14, 20. At that day, ye shall know that I am in my father and ye in me and I in you. Ye in me. My living water is in you and you're in my living water. You've been endued. You've got living water flowing in your soul and you're in. You've been immersed in living water. So it's in you and around you. That's some serious endowment. Hmm. In his conversation with the woman at the well, Jesus referred to living water as the gift of God, didn't he? Well, in Acts 2.38, Peter revealed who the gift of God is. He said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost is the gift of God for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as our Lord, our God, shall call. Therefore, the Holy Ghost is the gift of God. And if the Holy Ghost is, God, is the gift of God, if the gift, and if the gift of God is living water, then the Holy Ghost is the living water. Because the Holy Ghost is the gift. So if the Holy Ghost is the gift of God and living water is the gift, then the Holy Ghost is the living water. And that's what Jesus was trying to tell the woman at the well. He was trying to tell her about the Holy Ghost. He was telling her that the Holy Ghost is the living water that he will give to whomever asks. He was telling her that everyone who drinks the living water of the Holy Ghost will never thirst again. 
And if she asked him, he would give her thirsty soul a drink of the living water of the Holy Ghost and she would never thirst again. Well, how do we know that Jesus was talking about the Holy Ghost? Go to John 7:37. John 7:37. How do we know Jesus was talking about the Holy Ghost? John 7:37. Jesus stood and cried saying, "If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink." He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But look at verse 39. It's a parenthetical statement. But this spake he of the, of the spirit, which they that believed on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. You see that? So now we know that the rivers of living water are the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost is the river of living water. Now, here we clearly see that the Holy Ghost is the living water that Jesus was telling the woman about. Jesus says, now, if your soul is thirsty, come unto him and he will give you to drink of the living water. And if you drink of this living water, you will never thirst again. Jesus says, come and he will fill you with the Holy Ghost, the spirit of life. And though you might die once, you shall resurrect and never die again because the spirit of life and the living water of the Holy Ghost will continually flow in your soul for all eternity. Hmm. The Holy Ghost is the living water that endues everlasting life into every soul. The Holy Ghost is the living water in which after immersion, a dead soul resurrects to the newness of life. So when you get saved, the Holy Ghost is in you and you get filled with living water and you go down in living water. The living water of the Holy Ghost is essential for the salvation of the soul. You cannot be saved and sanctified without the living water of the Holy Ghost. Without the Holy Ghost, the saving of the soul is impossible. Without the Holy Ghost, the resurrection of a soul shall never occur. The Holy Ghost is Christ. And the Bible says, if Christ be in you. The body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies. How? By that living water that's dwelling in your soul. He, that he, the spirit that dwells in you. That's Romans 8, 11. So the living water of the Holy Ghost is vital. It's the spirit of life and, and, and necessary for the continuation of life. What do I mean by that? Continuation of life. Well, in this context, continuation means to start something again that was interrupted. Continuation means to start something again that was interrupted. Well, when God created man and woman, he intended for them to have eternal life. However, sin entered the world and interrupted God's purpose. And death became the eternal destiny of every human soul. Therefore, in the body of Jesus, God hung on the cross, suffered, bled, and died so that every dead soul could drink from the fountain of living water and live again. And through the living water of the Holy Ghost, the everlasting life that was interrupted by sin can now be continued in the soul of every born-again believer. What a marvelous plan. What a marvelous plan. 
He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Jesus is saying that, say, say, Jesus is saying that according to scripture, those who believe that he is the Christ, those who believe that he's the son of the living God, rivers of living water shall flow from the depths of their soul. Now, there is no passage in scripture that I could find in the Old Testament that actually says this. There is a passage in Psalm that alludes to what Jesus says. It's Psalm book one, verse one. Psalm book one, verse one. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. Here it comes. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit, bringeth forth, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. So the scripture says these are the characteristics of believing souls. Believing, of the believing soul is not ungodly. The believing soul is not a sinner. The believing soul is blessed. The believing soul delights in the word of God and meditates on it day and night. And the believing soul shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of what? I shall not be moved. I shall not be moved. I'm like a tree planted by the waters and I shall not be moved. On my way to glory and I shall not be moved. I'm on my way to glory and I shall not be moved. Like a tree planted by the rivers of water, I shall not be moved. My roots go deep. I am rooted and grounded in the word of God. I am rooted and grounded in the Holy Ghost. And I'm rooted and grounded in the river of living water. And it's interesting to note that the psalmist says rivers of living water. Well, you know, a river is different from a lake. A lake is still. But a river does what? A river flows. And you know, there's a saying, a, 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 a philosophical saying, you cannot step in the same river twice because the river is always moving. It's always flowing. And so it is with the rivers of living water flowing in the believing soul. The believing soul shall have a continuous flow of living water. And out of this watered soul shall come the fruit of the Holy Ghost, who is the source of the living water. And the scripture says, the leaf, the leaf shall not wither. Well, when a leaf withers, it means it says what? It's dried up and lost the moisture that keeps it green. Well, the watered soul shall not wither and die. I cannot wither and die. I cannot dry up and die because I've got rivers of living water flowing in my soul. And it's interesting to know that in the leaf of a plant, listen, I'm getting a little technical, but in the leaf of a plant, there's a process called photosynthesis. Photosynthesis occurs when, when the leaf turns carbon, di- carbon dioxide and water into carbohydrates and oxygen. The leaf turns carbo di- carbon dioxide, I get really, really excited. The leaf turns carbon dioxide and water into carbohydrates and oxygen. In this process, the leaf of the plant respires. You know what that means? 
that means that the, the plant breathes through the leaves. Yeah. Yeah. That is to say, the leaves of a plant breathe. Well, the Holy Ghost endues every believing soul with a continuous source of living water. And like a tree, the soul that yields the fruit of righteousness and will breathe eternal life. We are breathing eternal life. And it's the same breath of life that was breathed into the first human being. The same breath of life by which it became a living soul. So living souls are living souls because they were, have the living water in them. They're dead souls, but once you've been born of the water and born of the spirit, immersed and endued in the Holy Ghost and in the living water, you are now truly and truly and truly eternally a living soul. Because you got living water flowing in your soul. And he says it's like a well. It's a well of water. It's bubbling up. It's alive. It's vital. It's flowing. Mm. So the Holy Ghost endues every soul with that same breath of life. That mm, you, can't, you can't live eternally without, without it. And then it says, according to the promise, every soul that drinks from the living water of the Holy Ghost shall prosper. In this context, so prosper means to flourish, to flourish, to thrive, to grow well. The living water of the Holy Ghost is vital. It's lively. It's vigorous. Listen, it has everything my soul needs. It has everything your soul needs to keep it alive forever. First Peter 2, 5, first Peter 2, 5. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk, sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. If so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious, to whom coming as unto a living stone. He's referring to, to Jesus as a living stone. Disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Ye also are lively stones built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. So notice now, Peter refers to Jesus as a living stone. And I, I found a, a, that was an interesting correlation. Psalm 78, 15. Psalm 78, 15. David says, he claved the rocks in the wilderness. That means to break them. And gave them drink as out of the great depths. He brought streams also out of the rock and caused water to run down like rivers. So just as the Israelites drank rivers of water from the rocks in the wilderness. Listen, thirsty souls in the wilderness of this evil world can drink living water from the living stone. Who is that living stone? The Holy Ghost. He's the living stone that he's the living stone that makes believers living stones. He's the living stone that makes believers living stones. I remember this woman said, you know, Pastor Swansea, he's a pretty good teacher, but he talks too much about the Holy Ghost. Woman actually told me that. You talk too much about the Holy Ghost. Really? You can't be saved without the Holy Ghost. You can't be sanctified without the Holy Ghost. You can't be holy without the Holy Ghost. You can't be anything that's acceptable to God without the Holy Ghost. Hmm. So we've been born of the water. We've been endued with power from on high. The power is in us and we're in the power. The power is in us and we're in the power. 
The power is in us and we're in the power. We've been endued with the living water. It dwells in us and we dwell in it. It dwells in us and we dwell in it. We have been blessed. We have been so blessed to drink from the fountain of life that will never, ever run dry. Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever, whomsoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up unto everlasting life. Let's give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father, that we have a constant source of living water, a constant flowing source of rivers of living water flowing in our souls. It's the, it's the water of peace. It's the water of joy. It's the water of contentment. It's the water of righteousness. It's the water of holiness. It's your water, Lord. It's fresh and clean and vital. Thank you, Lord, for your water. Thank you for the well of, well of water in our souls. Thank you for the living water. Thank you for your promises in Jesus' name. Anyone in need of prayer this morning? Anyone in need of prayer? All right. Any questions or comments?